Well, welcome to another new broadcast week here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day. Uh, we're going to settle in here, kick things off, uh, do something a little bit different today. There's uh, uh, some fascinating new movie material to talk about. Also, it's a rather auspicious anniversary. We'll talk about that later. First, I want to get into a brand new book uh, that encourages us to take a look at our spiritual life from uh, through the lens of Scripture as far as what the Old Testament looked like, and do so in a rather unique way. Uh, Pastor and author Bill Coombs is going to join me right now to have a conversation about pictograms. This is going to be a great dialogue. Let's get into it right now in today's edition of The Bottom Line. Well, today here on The Bottom Line, we're going to take a look at Scripture a slightly different way than we typically do. Oftentimes when we get into Bible study, we'll start tearing it apart verse by verse and look at the original text and what does the Greek say, what does the Hebrew say, what's the Aramaic say, and that type of thing. But what if I told you there's a resource that will help us understand Scripture in a whole new way, not so much looking at the words that were used that can sometimes lose get lost in translation, but the actual way the the, the scripture texts were recorded. Uh, Dr. William Combs is with me today here on the bottom line. He has his master's and doctorate, master of divinity and doctor of ministry from Fuller Seminary right here in Pasadena. He is the uh, author of a, a new book to me. It's been out for a little while, but it's called Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence. And it takes a very unique approach, I, at least to my study of scripture. And I'm grateful that we have uh, Dr. Bill Combs on with us today to discuss it. Bill, welcome to the bottom line show today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be here. Well, the honor is ours as well, especially with so many people these days in particular saying, I want to know what I need to know about, you know, what God's word says about everything. And you find Christians who are trying to get deeper into the text, Christians who are looking back to the Old Testament and saying, how does it tie into the new? Your book, Back to the Garden, takes us into the first half of the book of Genesis, pretty comprehensive look, you know, 400 and something pages in this book. But you do so in a rather unique way, using something you refer to as pictograms. Talk about that, if you will. How, wh why is understanding those so important for us? Well, you, 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 you said it when you said that uh, people want to get back to the original languages to study and to find out how the Holy Spirit actually inspired the scriptures for us to read. Mm -hmm. Now, that really works when you're talking about the Greek New Testament, because the Holy Spirit actually inspired the writers to write in Greek. Mm -hmm. But this, the Hebrew that we're looking at today, and when I, what I studied in, in, in seminary back in, the, back in the old times, back in the 60s and 70s, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, what we were really looking at was the Aramaic uh, script. And I thought that was what the Holy Spirit had inspired. It was a real surprise to me to find out that from Moses, clear on up through actually Ezekiel and maybe even later, the Holy Spirit didn't inspire the Aramaic script. He inspired what are called pictograms, which are symbols that those early people wrote in. Back in, hmm. back in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's day, they, they wrote in pictograms, just like we write in ABCs. But mm -hmm. the, the important thing about that was is that those pictograms are agrarian symbols that each have their own meaning. You know, when we have A, Bs, and Cs, we, we don't just attach meaning to the A, Bs, and Cs. We just use those to, to tell us how to pronounce the word or to look it up in a dictionary. Mm -hmm. But each pictographic word is its own dictionary. Mm. So when you want to find out what a word means, you can take, if you know in, in your language, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's French or, or 
German or Italian or, or English, if you know what those symbols mean in your language, you can ask the Holy Spirit to tell you what that word means to you. Hmm. Because that's what he inspired. He actually inspired the pictograms and those early meanings, those early texts. There are, there are people who have spent their life un understanding, digging into uh, the, the, those original means of those symbols to tell us what they mean in our language. Fascinating. So it really opens up. Uh, th this book is 544 pages. I've just gone through the first four chapters, and I've just scratched the surface. Yeah. Now you can read through those four chapters in 20 minutes. It took me 20 months sitting at the feet of the Holy Spirit to even scratch the surface of what's there. Hmm. Remarkable. Uh, William Coombs, my guest today here on The Bottom Line, Bill is the author of the book, Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Bill, as you were describing these pictograms and the the fact that they aren't necessarily, I, I don't want to misspeak, I think of the pictures that we use to describe certain things that are common right now, you know, something like the handicap signal, the restroom signal, something like that, where everywhere you go, everybody knows, okay, if you see that on a door, that means this is what you could do behind the door. Those are universal. Exactly. And so it doesn't matter exactly. what language you're talking about. But what you're talking about is saying, hey, you can look at these, you know, what was described at the pictogram based on the language that you understand and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And it's really going to take on a whole new meaning because how many times, I know I get frustrated in preaching where I'm looking at the text and saying, okay, here's where the English really doesn't do us any justice. And I'm sure you've reached that frustration <laughs> too, you know, where they, they just kind of bail out and say, let's call it love or whatever it is. But you know, there's yeah. four or five different ways to describe it. Your approach is taking us into a whole new dimension. Yes. Well, let's, let's take the word love. God's steadfast love the Hebrew is called hesed, which right. is a fence of thorns with a door. He's describing a, a sheepfold, hmm. a place where the sheep are brought in at night, where they're protected and at peace and can rest. That's God's steadfast love. And you don't ever get that from, from looking at, at, at what, what the dictionary says about what hesed means. But when you look at the pictograms, it says a whole lot deeper understanding. And, you know, David and, and Moses and Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were, they were, they were uh, shepherds, and they understood those words. Mm -hmm. And so they would write in those words with pictograms that express meaning that we don't even have a chance to get a hold of unless we go back. To what the Holy Spirit inspired. Mm. That's incredible. Uh, Bill Combs is with me today here on The Bottom Line. His book is called Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence. Uh, he's doing this with the book of Genesis. You can do this, though, uh, with many other parts of scripture, but if you get the foundations right, I mean, how many times do we hear this from Bible teachers saying, if you don't get the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis right, your faith doesn't mean anything. So this is the fact that you've put 500 plus pages to this study of the first half of Genesis is really, it's very helpful. One of the things I know you talk about in the book, Back to the Garden, is you see Adam and Eve in a whole different light because of the fact that oftentimes we, let's face it, I mean, we're human beings, and what do we think of with Adam and Eve? Sin. We think of being banished in the garden, sin, you know, condemnation, the, the first Adam. If it weren't for Adam, there's no need for Jesus. You're telling us that what you've discovered in your study is that 
using the pictogram approach, you can actually see the love God had for Adam and Eve more than you can oh, see the condemnation. Yeah. Talk even about that. Even for Cain. Even mm. for Cain. You know? I mean, even to the place when Cain was wanting to run away, God says, no, no, I'll put a, I'll put a sign on you. I'll put a mark on you so that it, no one, if anyone even touches you, tries to kill you, I'll avenge you sevenfold. He mm. didn't want him to run away. He wanted to redeem him. Interesting. We you only know, really throw so many of those people under the bus. Mm-hmm. When yeah. God has never changed his approach to us. He has unconditional love for us. No questions asked. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross for us, not counting our trespasses against us. Hmm. You know, it's amazing, uh, Bill, we, if we think about these characters in a whole new light and then realize that this is more than just Bible stories. This is more than just part of our spiritual heritage, understanding and knowing what the stories are. But rather, this is the foundation. We're all coming from these lines. I mean, this is this is where, you know, if God's the creator of all human life and all life and as we know it, then he has a very intentional purpose for us to be here in such a for such a time as this. And I'm grateful that he uh, hearkened you to kind of reach back and do a little bit of digging and give us, as you mentioned, nearly two years worth of work uh, on those first four chapters of this book that we can actually plow through in about 20 minutes or so and really get a better, fresher understanding of what Scripture really has in store for us. Dr. William Combs is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. He's the author of the book called Back to the Garden, Walking at God's Manifest Presence. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Dr. William Combs is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Dr. Combs retired as a pastor, uh, but continues to uh, uh, to work. Uh, he travels the, the world, basically, with his wife, Judy, preaching the gospel. Um, he is has earned his master's divinity and his doctorate of ministry from Fuller Theological Seminary. And we're talking about a book of his that I was just made aware of. It was actually published a, a, a while ago, but it's called Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and he's talking about the pictograms that were used that were later converted to Aramaic characters uh, after the exile, and now kind of helping us rethink and reshape the way we look at Old Testament in particular, but also the New Testament as well. Uh, Bill, during the break, we were talking about the fact that 
there are two companion verses, and a lot of Christians in the modern church today will say, oh yeah, I'm all about the Gospels, I'm all about the New Testament. You know, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, he was with God from the beginning, that, that John chapter 1. And that's kind of like our Genesis chapter 1 for the New Testament church. You would respectfully disagree with that assessment, wouldn't you? Well, I'm, I'm going to not disagree with it. I'm just going to I'm just going to link it with the first verse of Genesis, which is okay. in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Yeah. Because Jesus, when he was talking to his detractors, he said, "You search the scriptures for there, and you think you have eternal life, but as they which speak of me." In fact, he said, "Moses wrote about me, yet you refuse to come to me for that life." And mm. if and if and, and if, if the New Testament is set, telling us that without him, was, without Jesus, with nothing was made that was made, then Jesus had to be in the first verse of the Torah. Right. And if you look at the pictograms, he's the second word in the Torah. That is bara, which is bar is an adult son, and Aleph at the end of it is the first adult son who is yoked to his father Elohim. And I share in the book why that was covered up when they, when when uh, the Hebrew scholars had, were forced to translate their Old Testament into Greek, called called the Septuagint version. Mm -hmm. They had to make a verb out of the first verse of the of the Bible, and there's only one word in that whole line that could be changed into a verb, and that was bara. And it was changed into create. And I tell mm. you why, and I won't go into it here, but it did. It covered up. It veiled Jesus in the Torah. Mm. That's what Paul's talking about in chapter 5 of Second Second Corinthians. Hallelujah. And what I'm doing is I'm removing, helping them remove the veil from their eyes. And when the people, the Jews, who are native branches, are 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 brought back into the vine, Paul says it's going to be nothing less than the resurrection of the dead. Our next mm. awakening is going to be led by them in coupling with us to make that a worldwide awakening that's going to just set the world on fire. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful that I have a very small part to play in helping remove that veil. Amen. Well, and when you talk about this, Dr. Bill Combs, I mean, we're starting to see some of the first fruits of this already. I mean, there are guys like Jonathan Kahn and Jason Sobel and, and, and people like that yeah. who are bringing up in the messianic world and getting us excited because when they see this, you know, I mean, the, the fact oh. that they are, you know, it, it kind of lights us up as believers, but as guys who come from the Jewish tradition and seeing that, it's just, it's a, it's a whole new world. And it, it's got to, it, it's certainly motivating to us as well. Yeah, when you when you listen to those two, they're talking from other parts of the Old Testament, and and yet they they can't reach back into the into the very first five books of the Bible, which are absolutely foundational for the Jewish life, mm -hmm. and and they and they can't reach back there because Jesus is veiled in the Torah, mm. and this removes the veil. And and I I tell you the Holy Spirit was so loving with me and was so patient with me as we went went through this to show me how you know from my studies in 
in school how this has happened and 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 what what he has in store for us as as believers it's just awesome i love it giving us in this book he's giving us a toolkit he's giving us a training manual for anyone out there in your in your in your audience wants to know learn how to convert those Aramaic characters into pictograms, and they can sit there with those words in any Old Testament text and take them to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, show me what this means. Now, for instance, the word bless, you know, which is in John, it was just in, is in the first chapter, verse 28. Lord, bless them and said, be fruitful. Bless is, is Barak, which is what? Bar plus Kaf. Kaf is conform conform mm-hmm. to the sun conform to the sun and what does what does paul say to those whom he foreknew he conform he predestined them to conform to the image of his son mm. when when john says in the beginning was the word where did he get the word word from he got it from genesis chapter 15 verse 1 where it says the word of the lord came to abram in a vision and what is the word for word the pictograms are dabar dalit is a door bar is son so all the vision all the revelation that comes to us comes through the door of the son Mm. Mm. what a beautiful vision and what and what is what is a, a covenant it's Barit, Bar, which is adult son, Yod, which is the strength of his arm, Tav is a sign of a cross. So a covenant is made possible by what Jesus did on the cross. It's a covenantal relationship. Said, Wait a minute, he died in the New Testament. No, the, 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 <clears throat> the, the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. He covers everything. When it says that it is finished, he was there with his father saying that word it's just it just in fact the the seventh day is my favorite chapter in this book it why is that a month to write four chapter four three three verses it took me a month to go through that because there's so much there oh man man but, but, but how rich and rewarding it was. Dr. William Combs, my guest today oh. here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Bill, we've only got a couple minutes left in our time together. What's the best way for our, one of our listeners who gets a hold of this book to start using it? They're going to be overwhelmed. I mean, I'm just I'm blown away just having this conversation with you, but they're going to be overwhelmed with how, how deep and how rich this study is. What's the best way to put it in practice? Personal study, Bible study? What do you well, recommend? Well, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it is, as you've found, it is, it is not something that you can read, read through in a sitting. My suggestion right. is you take one chapter at a time and 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 prayerfully go to the Holy Spirit and ask Him to guide you. Because understand, every single one of us has a different ministry with the Lord, whether it right. has apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, right? And so He's going to He's going to take the words in the Scripture and He's going to tailor them to your ministry. So what you're reading in this book is not a commentary; it's a training manual for you to 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 help you understand what God wants you to know in his Old Testament word and to bring you greater understanding of how that how that is impacting the New Testament too. Mm. 
Great words of wisdom from Dr. William Combs today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence. I highly recommend it. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Bill, great to get to know you. Thank you for your time today and for the work that you've put in on this book. We appreciate spending a, a little half hour here to discuss it with you today here on The Bottom Line. And thank you, Roger. This has been a real treat for me. Well, isn't that an interesting discussion and a dialogue today? Bill, Coom, uh, Bill Combs, I should say, is my guest. And uh, Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence is the name of the book. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have a copy of the book that we're giving away right now, 800-227-5278, a number, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Again, the book is called Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence by William Combs. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about what Bill is talking about and how it pertains to us in terms of, um, well, the old, you know, the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Let's talk about why that's important for us as Christians to understand, especially when we're studying scripture. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. My thanks again to Dr. William E. Combs for joining me today here on the first half hour of the Bottom Line Show. If you didn't get a chance to hear this conversation, you'll want to go back to thebottomlineshow.com. You can listen to it online. Better yet, you can sign up for the podcast and download it from wherever you podcast your podcastables from. Um, and the when you think about this, the book Back to the Garden, Walking in God's Manifest Presence, it's up at thebottomlineshow.com. We've got a copy of the book to give away. Um, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, you know why this is so important to me? I, I used the expression before, a picture is worth a thousand words. It's kind of a corollary to uh, scripture uh, telling us that a day is like a thousand years. But you know, the idea is when it comes to words, you, words can only do so much to tell you what's going on. I mean, the words that we use in the English language are different than the words that use in German or Latin or Greek. And, and again, those are just words. I mean, we've, we've assigned meaning to the words, but the words are trying to help us completely understand what is so important about what is being expressed. And you know, it's interesting because there's only one place in the world where when it comes to you know, the using of words, that word is actually <clears throat> of utmost importance. And that is, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. I mean, things that God spoke into existence, that the holy, uh, omniscient, sovereign God is the only one who can really do that. Sometimes our words, tone of voice, you know, wh what kind of accent we use if you or a language learner from outside of culture, like, you know, I grew up in America, I speak Californian, but I did learn German for four years when I was in high school and middle school. And, and so if I were to speak it, I'd speak German with a Californian accent. But I think the thing about, um, about this concept of the pictograms and understanding that from Moses all the way through Jeremiah, they were using the pictograms that were then converted to Aramaic characters during the exile is the picture really does tell us what's going on. I mean, we have these universal signs all around us where you may not know where the restroom is, but if you see a picture of the man's body or the woman's body in front of a door, you know that's where it's supposed to go. If you see something, you know, those universal signs of the person in a wheelchair, you know, there's handicap access. I mean, these are things that we have. And it's amazing because, you know, when, when Jesus said, you know, to the disciples, come and see, 
you know, come and see the, the, the I mean, the, the call to discipleship that's kind of become the rallying cry of the chosen. The visual is still very important. And it, I think it's critical when people will try to explain to other people about salvation, the good news of the gospel, et cetera, et cetera. It's the same thing that happens in the sanctity of life music, I, I mean, movement rather. I mean, think about what preborn does. Preborn doesn't talk political rhetoric about women's rights and fetuses and this, that, and the other thing. They basically show you a picture of a preborn child and then ask, what are you going to do with this pic child who's depicted in the picture? The picture is showing you what's going on inside a mother's womb. And 85% of the time, a woman who sees that ultrasound picture chooses life for the child. Either she's going to be a mother and raise that child, or she's going to release that child for adoption. Talk about a picture being worth a thousand words. And for every Bottom Line Show listener, we're getting more and more monthly subscribers each and every day here on the program. $28 will save the life of one baby. It's really very simple. That provides one ultrasound treatment. Or a $15,000 donation provides an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY um, is the number to call. 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com, and you can find that information there as well. Uh, make your best donation. If you want to do $28 a month, that saves one baby's life each and every month. And the tens of thousands of women who have come to faith in Christ because of what the ministry of preborn is doing it's just incredible. 833-850-BABY, uh, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. We're going to take a quick break, and as we continue, uh, Rob Pacienza is going to join us from the Dr. D. James Kennedy Ministry, talk about a brand new DVD that they've put out about Darwin's assault on the image of God and how we in the body of Christ can actually refute Darwinism and actually take a stand for the body of Christ at the same time without being jerks about it. <laughs> Rob and I are going to get into it coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Good to have you along. Movie Monday edition of The Bottom Line Show today. And man, we are going to talk about a great movie here in just a moment that has been produced by a fantastic ministry that's been doing television and radio ministry for a long time. Uh, very faith-friendly, of course, because they're born out of a church, but also um, very conscious of what happens in the culture right now. And it's amazing to see how many people are driven by their emotions rather than actual facts. And yet they believe that since this is how they feel, that these are actual facts. And nowhere is that more evident than in the case of Darwinian evolution and the transgender movement and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so today here on Movie Monday, Rob Pacienza is going to join me. Rob, uh, pastor Pacienza is senior pastor of Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's also the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries, and they have a brand new DVD out that is on uh, the, the origins of Darwinism and how we in the body of Christ can stand up and refute uh, that. But, you know, every time I say stand up, a lot of people think, oh, boy, here we go. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a militant call to action yet again. And nothing could be further for the truth in this case. The idea that there are so many people right now who literally are lost. I mean, it, I think it really just does boil down to how you approach the subject and how you approach the topic. When you get right down to it, 1 Peter 3.15, you know, the la latter part of that verse is very well known to people of the Christian faith, and that is uh, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that lies within you according to the translation you use it. And then you add the words with gentleness and respect, not that we're adding them. That's what Peter actually says. 
they understood. I mean, the disciples understood. You're living in a Roman-dominated culture. You are a group that has Jewish persecution because there were people who did not appreciate the fact that there were so many Jews who were now people of the way, uh, the way, the truth, and the life following Jesus. And there were a lot of things that uh, the church here in the States and in the Western uh, world takes for granted that we should be able to do and hire attorneys and you know get, get what we want. That doesn't take that gentleness and respect part into consideration. And that's why I'm grateful for people like the folks at D. James Kennedy Ministries who will put together these DVDs that are very, very much, you know, saying, hey, look, we're not backing away from God's influence in the U.S., I mean, you know, God's providence, but also to show with gentleness and respect that maybe the, the biggest challenge that we have in the church right now is this kind of indignance that many of us have toward things that are wrong. I mean, obviously, you don't like it when these things are happening. And we don't like seeing people living ungodly lives. But the idea that there's this indignance and an almost insistence that people would, you know, follow that way. Uh, put yourself <laughs> put yourself in Jesus' sandals for just a moment, okay? God so loving the world that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, second member of the Trinity, to earth in the form of a man born as a human baby, born of a virgin, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, 33 years he walked, he labored, he sweated, he toiled, he you know, made sure taxes were paid, he went to synagogue every Saturday. I mean, he lived that human existence. But also, being in very nature, God, Paul tells us, he forfeited that nature to be what we needed. In other words, God paying the price for our disobedience and our rebellion. And then when we come to him, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, believing that the cross of Christ is where our debt was settled, that the waters of baptism is where we get our account renewed, if you will, you know, submerged into water, um, you know, the, the old man is dying and raised from the water, literally raised from the, the depths. I think there's a Keith and Kristen Getty song that said, you know, out of the stormy raging sea, the hand of God has reached for me. I mean, that's a, uh, th that's a powerful word picture. But then when we confront the culture on the things that are ungodly, oftentimes we do it as like a, a, a indignant parent who's just frustrated with a child who won't respond and won't, you know, well, I'm your parent and whatever, instead of coming at it with this gratitude that says, oh my gosh, you poor people are lost. I know exactly how that feels because I once was lost and now I'm found. I, I once was blind, but now I see. And so how can, uh, you know, first of all, how can we stand back and let people assault the image of God? Well, that's what this new video is about. But then secondly, you know, how, but how do we approach that with people in the culture? You know, what is our attitude? Is our attitude, hey, you stupid, dumb, so-and-so, da-da-da-da-da-da? I mean, for years in this culture, we have taken that stance. You know, that hellfire and brimstone type of message that screams and yells and, you know, whatever. The culture doesn't play by those rules anymore. I'm not saying that we have to water down the message. But in the same way, if you have ever done mission work, you don't go into another culture and say, all right, here we go. I'm speaking English. This is the American brand of doing it. And if you don't get it, well, what is wrong with you? You know, we wouldn't do that. We spend months, we spend years learning a language, sometimes going into cultures where they don't have written language and helping them learn how to read and write and speak their own language. It might take 30 years before you can introduce the real gospel. But in the meantime, you demonstrate the gospel. Like Bill Combs said in our first half hour, if you didn't get a chance to hear that interview about the, the, the pictograms and the way the Old Testament was originally written, 
written in such a way that if you did not have the written word of God, how would you convey these truths? They did it with pictures. They did it with images. They did it with stories. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Rob Pacienza from uh, uh, the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries is going to join me. We're going to talk about this new video presentation. They just did it as a pulpit series at Coral Ridge Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale. It's now available on DVD. We do have a copy of this that we'll be giving away later. Uh, so if you want to dial in now and get in line for Movie Monday, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Pastor Rob Pacienza joining me next as the bottom line continues. Don't believe your insurance company is looking out for you. They're not. They want you to call them after you're in an accident, but you shouldn't handle that alone. That's where Stephanie Cover of Cover Law shines. With 20 years of insurance industry experience, she knows all the angles and will fight for your rights. Insurance companies pretend to be your partner, but in reality, their primary goal is to pay you as little as possible. When you work with Cover Law, Stephanie becomes your negotiator, and the insurance companies must talk to her, not you. You need to rest and heal. Stephanie is different from other attorneys. She's fully invested in your legal, medical, financial, emotional, and spiritual needs. After an accident, you don't want to deal with insurance adjusters who want to minimize your payout. So don't wait. Contact Cape Wright's personal injury attorney today at capewrightradio.com slash coverlaw. You won't pay a dime to talk to someone who truly cares about your healing. Well, there is a special new movie that is coming out uh, actually this weekend. It's going to be on television uh, as part of D. James Kennedy Ministries, and uh, it's going to be available uh, for purchase through their website as well. It's a brand new movie that takes a look at the, uh, well, basically Darwin and Darwinian evolution. And joining me today here on The Bottom Line is the Reverend Rob Pacienza. He's the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries and senior pastor of Coral Ridge. Uh, Rob, welcome to The Bottom Line Show today. Nice to meet you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm glad we've fought through some technical issues too. It's nice to hear you as well as see you. That's always very helpful as well. Absolutely. Talk about this new movie. This is, this is really exciting because, I mean, so many people just assume they just take it for for granted. And I can remember, I have a daughter who's, this is 20 years ago, she was in middle school. She's studying in the science now. She's working for, toward a PhD. But I remember her seventh grade science class, she said, Dad, they're teaching evolution. They're teaching it like it's fact. What do I do? And I said, just ask good questions. You know, I mean, it's the best you can do. But now this new film on Darwin actually does have, ask a couple of key questions. Where, where was, What was the genesis of this for your ministry? Yeah, so the, the title of the documentary is Chaos, Darwin's Assault on the Image of God. And what we attempt to do uh, is we go about it two ways. One, we want to debunk the theory of Darwinian evolution. Right. And we want to show people that it really is built upon straw man arguments and that uh, just the, the logical fallacies uh, just really see, uh, we, people hopefully will see that Darwinian evolution is simply a house of cards. But the second thing we attempt to do is to show the impact and influence throughout history. A lot of people think that talking about evolution is simply a scientific discussion, a scientific conversation. What most people don't realize are the wide sweeping effects and influence that Dar Darwin and Darwinian evolution had throughout human history. For instance, uh, we look at Karl Marx. 
It was Karl Marx who wrote to his friend Frederick Engels when he read about Darwin, and he said to his friend Engels, we finally have the basis of natural history for which we will base our view of Marxism. So what he was saying is now in Darwinian evolution, we have the grounds and the foundation for building this Marxist theory of the world, this Marxist theory of class warfare, all finding its roots in the theory of Darwinian evolution. We see the birth of eugenics. We see uh, uh, the Nazi movement in uh, through the, the leadership of Adolf Hitler, uh, was a firm believer in Darwinian evolution. And then you fast forward to the 21st century, uh, we don't have classic Marxism, but we have cultural Marxism, right. uh, which has given birth to critical theory, critical race theory, uh, and critical queer theory. Once again, we want to show that they all find their roots uh, in the theory of Darwin and Darwinian evolution. Reverend Rob Pacienza is my guest today here on The Bottom Line, the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries. We're talking about a new release of theirs called Chaos, which is, uh, we've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. You can watch it as part of their release this weekend. You can also get go online and learn more about how to get a copy of this outstanding film because you're asking questions. And you know, isn't it interesting, Rob, I've noticed that oftentimes we as Christians won't engage because we're envisioning this huge, long, drawn-out diatribe where I don't have answers and people are going to run away. But basically, you, you're giving us two questions to ask anybody who supports Darwinian evolution to see how they answer them. And, and it's amazing how you can kind of cut through all of the cultural chaos and all the confusion and get right down to the core and see that this is a scientific issue, obviously, but also there is a spiritual component to it as well. Yeah, there's a spiritual and a cultural component to it, and we shouldn't be surprised. And the reason we added the subtitle, Darwin's Assault on the Image of God, it really comes down to this core doctrine, the doctrine of the Imago Dei and all people. What Darwin was doing was he was attacking this central doctrine to the Judeo-Christian worldview because he understood that if you get rid of the idea that man is created in the image of God and instead a cosmic accident through evolution, then everything else will fall into place. Then human life is not sacred. You could really go about all of the social experiments that both Darwin wanted to pursue and eventually Marx wanted to pursue, as I mentioned earlier. And so we shouldn't be surprised that after generation after generation of raising children in the public school system in North America, where the predominant worldview is Darwinian and Marxist, and the only theory for the origin of the universe is Darwinian evolution, we shouldn't be surprised on how this society treats the image of God. Um, we see the lack of regard for the unborn in mm -hmm. our nation. 63 right. million babies aborted. Uh, where did that come from? A society that has abandoned God and abandoned the image of God in all people. If life is not sacred, then, then that is simply a fetus. It's, it's something that's more of an inconvenience to the mother. Right. And in the name of choice and convenience, we can do away with that child. Uh, I mentioned what happened in the Nazi Holocaust and then what's happening today through cultural Marxism in our public universities, in our public school system. There is no regard for the sanctity of human life. And as I said before, it all finds its roots in Darwin and his theory on evolution. 
I was talking with uh, Reverend Rob Pacienza today here on The Bottom Line, the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries, and we're talking about this new film about Charles Darwin called Chaos. Uh, Rob, we were... Uh, you were mentioning earlier about what this does culturally, and I had the, I don't know if it's good fortune or misfortune to be flipping around the serious style the other day, and I came across their quote-unquote progressive news channel. And the thing that really caught me, besides the fact that it was a former washed-up comedian who was now doing this kind of call-in program, but they called the segment Fake Christian Friday, which I guess is what they do. And every question that someone brought up the host would just dismiss out of hand with, well, we all know the transgender thing isn't an issue and abortion isn't an issue and they don't care about women's rights. And now the Supreme Court cares about public opinion polls. And, and I thought to myself, there's no testing, there's no challenging, there's no pushback. And I wonder why is it that in a culture where we in, as believers know the truth and we've tested it and we can sharpen iron together with each other, why do you think the church has become so timid? It's interesting. I just preached on this the other day. I'm preaching through a sermon series called God's Design. And part of God's design we read in Genesis 1 and 2, uh, we find the mandate in creation called the cultural mandate. Uh, we're, we are called to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. But what's happened in the last 200 years, particularly in the North American church, instead of engaging culture as we have been called to do in Genesis chapter 1, we have retreated from culture. Uh, we have bought the lie that Christians are to privatize their faith. They are to keep their religious beliefs to themselves. And we've bought the lie that we're not called to go out to be salt and light, as Jesus commands his people to do. We're not called to be that city on a hill. And so because we've privatized our faith and we've taught our children and our grandchildren to live peaceful, quiet lives, not going out into the public square with the truth of God's word, the, the results speak for themselves. As I remind our people all the time, when we fail to champion God's truth and his design for all of humanity, we can only expect chaos. But when we champion God's design for the church and for the people of the world, we can expect full flourishing and blessing. And the reason we're seeing chaos all throughout our nation, all throughout our society, whether it be abortion or cultural Marxism or critical race theory, or one school shooting after the next is all because we have lost a sense of who God is, who we are created in his image. We've removed God from the public square and we've privatized the Christian faith so it has no relevance to the rest of life Monday through Friday. Reverend Rob, Reverend Rob Pacienza is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about the new movie from D. James Kennedy Ministries called uh, Chaos, and it's about Charles Darwin. It's about a couple of questions, two bold questions in particular, about Darwinian evolution and how this theory can't really possibly be true, but it has, it's done irreparable damage, so it would seem, to humanity. Uh, we've got a link for the uh, information about the movie up at thebottomlineshow.com. Rob, I work with a lot of Christians who you would probably categorize as the more moderate Christians. I wouldn't call them full-blown progressives, but it seems like they are the ones who, if they lean a little more right, they're saying we have to eliminate abortion in our lifetime. If they lean a little more to the left, it's we need stricter gun control laws. <laughs> That's the gross oversimplification. What you're talking about here is speaking truth to power, and yet sometimes we could get lost in the weeds and trying to chase after you know one or two little uh, you know ideas that we think maybe the the culture's gotten wrong, and if we could just make these tweaks, this movie takes us to a point 
that some people might say, well, you're just going after the evolution thing, but there's more to it than that. Talk about why this issue has greater depth and length and could have a more positive impact than any of the side issues that we could potentially chase our tail on, but they're not going to be resolved till Jesus comes back. It is not my opinion. It is historical fact that the doctrine of the image of God in all people is the most revolutionary doctrines that this world has ever heard. Mm. When you go back to the first century in a Roman pagan empire, there's only one explanation for why just in a matter of a few centuries, you saw the end of infanticide, you saw the value brought to women and children, uh, you saw the end of the gladiator games, you saw the end of slavery, you saw the, the end of so many barbaric practices in the Roman pagan empire. It was Christians advancing this core doctrine that all people are created in the image of God, that God the designer and the God the creator has put his imprint and his mark on all human beings. And because of that, every single person without exception has inherent worth or value. You go all throughout history and all of the culture shaping practices of the church, universal education, the building of orphanages and hospitals, right. um, the end of the slave trade, whether it be in the United Kingdom or here in America, the civil rights movement of the 1960s, who was always leading the way? The Church of Jesus Christ, um, informed by the doctrine of the image of God in all people. And when that doctrine is attacked, everything else falls apart. We can only expect chaos. That's why we're going hard on this issue. Uh, in, in our uh, modern day, we see the attack on the unborn through abortion. We see uh, the embrace of cultural Marxism in our public school systems and our college campuses. And it's, uh, we're well past due, the church standing up and uh, shouting from the hilltops, let's stop our petty differences and the things that are dividing us. And let's have a big idea about the kingdom and let's go fight the battle where it matters the most. I love it. I love it. What a great resource. What a great mission. What a great message coming from D. James Kennedy Ministries. Uh, Reverend Rob Pacienza has been our guest today here on The Bottom Line talking about the new movie, Chaos. Uh, check your local listings for streaming times this weekend. And also, I'll be looking for, uh, there's going to be a DVD, no doubt, available coming out soon, Rob. Absolutely. You can go to our website, djkm.org or djameskennedy.org, uh, whatever's on the bottom of your screen, and they can go there, purchase a DVD and share that with a friend, family member, neighbor, even a skeptic uh, that yes. might have their questions and might have bought the lie of our culture. This would be a great way to expose that lie, but also to show uh, the impact of Christianity in a positive sense over against uh, the deadly assault that Darwin has had throughout human history. Amen. Amen. Reverend Rob Pacienza, thank you for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thank you so much. Well, that is a powerful conversation, and this is a great resource. Uh, thank you to Pastor Rob Pacienza, the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries, for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Again, the uh, Darwin's Assault on the Image of God DVD is uh, we've got a link for the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have a copy of this DVD to give away. 800-227-5278, a great Movie Monday resource. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, on the other side of this break, kind of this 
theme that we've been working on for the past uh, hour here on the broadcast, the picture being worth a thousand words and why these movies, why these DVDs, why these uh, Fathom Events events have become so popular in the culture. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. My thanks again to Rob Pacienza, the president and CEO of D. James Kennedy Ministries, for joining me today here on this Movie Monday here on the Bottom Line Show to talk about the new video release from D. James Kennedy Ministries, Darwin's Assault on the Image of God. Uh, the trailer's up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we do have a copy of this DVD to give away. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, this hour, we've been talking about the picture being worth a thousand words, and I know that there are some bottom line listeners even tonight who are going to the Fathom Events screening of uh, Tim Mahoney's documentary on patterns of evidence, The Journey to Mount Sinai Part 2, had a huge outpouring for that. We did a special last week, if you'll recall. We did a theater Thursday because of Tim's availability, and uh, we had several well, dozen or so people call in for those tickets, and people want to see this whole image you know i think quite frankly if the reason that the visual is so important is written word is definitely you know a, a must we, that's a, a way that a civilized society communicates and it's a way that you can preserve ideas and pass them on from generation to generation without actually having to live through that you know as long as you've got the stuff written down the spoken word though in the beginning was the word the word was with god the word was god and we th see god speaking things into existence and he continues to do that even in this day, in your life and my life. So God speaking, and God speaking through us, has power. But when it comes to helping people, I mean, I mentioned this in the first half hour. I mean, it's like with preborn, for example. There are so many people who will say, oh, yeah, yeah, a woman's right to choose, and yeah, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And then they see an ultrasound image of a baby in the womb. And wham, all of a sudden it hits them. Oh, my goodness. That boy has the same facial structure as his father. That girl has, you know, the same nose as her mom. You see that on a 3D ultrasound or a 4D ultrasound now. You can hear the heartbeat, and all of a sudden, this goes from a theoretical conversation about women's rights and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, to, wow, there's a baby. I can see that baby. And isn't it interesting how 
the reason that we're having this conversation about our new covenant, the blood that was shed by Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for your sin and my sin, because there were over 500 people who witnessed not only his life and then his death on the cross, but his resurrected body walking among them. People saw. The invitation with Jesus was, don't just hear what other people are telling you about him. Come and see this man from Nazareth, this man from Galilee. I mean, that this is, the, come and see. When you contact Preborn today, uh, you will see what these images are doing in the lives of women and their husbands, the fathers of their children, um, all over the country, and especially here in the Southland. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Make a donation today. If you have seen an ultrasound before, and maybe it's of one of your own children, maybe one of your grandchildren, you know, trust me, the minute one of your, one of your daughters or daughters-in-law gets pregnant, they're going to send you an ultrasound picture because it's a millennial thing to do. <laughs> and you're going to go, oh my gosh, look at this. And it'll go on social media and you'll show us all the picture of the baby as proof that that child is in the womb and growing and that child is alive. The ultrasound shows you the picture, lets you hear the heartbeat, and then helps you make your best decision as to whether or not to continue with the pregnancy. 85% of the time, the women who have an ultrasound at preborn choose to raise that child. Will you help them do that by providing one ultrasound visit, one ultrasound appointment? It only costs $28 to do. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny you donate goes to the ultrasound. 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation today. For a KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, it's a rather auspicious uh, anniversary that we're commemorating today. Uh, a friend of mine actually lost his life one year ago today, right down the street from my home church. I'll tell you why we're remembering him and what's been happening in the aftermath of the case of the murder of Dr. John Chang. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Well, actually, welcome back. Uh, if you've been listening on a, uh, the entire first hour of the program, glad that you've welcomed yourself back to the second half hour. But I always I'd like to say a welcome or welcome back to uh, TBL, as we refer to us behind the scenes, uh, simply because the number of people who uh, are able to listen to the last half hour live, um, you know, do so, um, you know, just for this last half hour. Now, if you want to listen to the program in its entirety, of course, you can hear it at thebottomlineshow.com. You can also download the podcast and sign up to receive the podcast, and I really encourage you to do so. I mean, I think that uh, uh, it's it's helpful uh, for you to get a chance to hear the program on demand as you want to. You can use the K-Bright app or, or the My Hope Now app and listen to it that way. But then also, um, it's an opportunity for you to share it with other people, and it also helps us to track how you're listening online. So um, you can sign up at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcast, or you can go to thebottomlineshow.com. But listen to it online, please do. Uh, but also download it and uh, subscribe as well. Uh, today's a rather ominous day. Uh, it, it not, it, it's not the kind of day that uh, you want to have to remember, but it's it's rather uh, ominous for me personally, but I know for our, our community as well. Um, as you recall, it was Sunday, May 15th, 2022, that uh, a mass shooting took place in Southern California, South Orange County, actually in Laguna Woods, California. Uh, a 69-year-old man from Las Vegas uh, 
packed up a number of weapons, drove from Las Vegas to uh, South Orange County. Uh, he came to a Taiwanese Presbyterian church event that was happening in uh, Laguna Hills and, um, uh, it, and opened fire. Uh, the case against David Chow, uh, this is a guy who, um, it, 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 do you, for all the times we talk about the senseless murder of the innocents, um, this apparently made sense to David Chow when he set off on his expedition from, um, from Las Vegas to South Orange County. But the Taiw Taiwanese Presbyterian Church is actually the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church of Irvine. And they, um, they, they had been renting space at, uh, at a local church in Laguna Woods, uh, Geneva Presbyterian Church. And on May the 15th, uh, Chow allegedly, I mean, we have to keep saying allegedly, if you were close to any of the people who were victimized by the shooting, you know the story and the way it happened. Um, but this is a guy who knew that this was a church uh, that had sympathy for Taiwan. They were Taiwanese um, refugees who'd come to the U.S., uh, had a good life. And the church was, the, the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church of Irvine was actually renting space from Geneva Press. And their services met after the regular services for Geneva. And uh, a guy by the name of Billy Chang, who was the pastor of the Taiwanese congregation, um, had gone back to Taiwan to plant a church, which is no small feat. Pastor Chang had gone to the church uh, in Taiwan, planted everything, and then he um, had come back to the U.S. And so May the 15th, 2022, was a special day for this congregation because Pastor Chang had come back to the Southland. He was going to be preaching at their worship service, and then they were going to have a luncheon in the church's fellowship hall afterwards. And so David Chow had caught wind of the fact that this guy was going to be there, and for whatever reason, he had, uh, he had it in for him. Uh, it's, it's amazing to... Uh, uh, Chow had been working as a security guard in, um, in Las Vegas area, he was born in Taiwan in 1953. During that time, there was a lot of tension between Taiwan and the People's Republic of China. Um, apparently, uh, Mr. Chow, though now 65 years of age or 69, actually has been harboring some pretty ill will toward the Taiwanese for most of his life. Um, it's interesting, a former roommate of Chow's was interviewed by the Associated Press after the shooting and said that, he had often described the Taiwanese government as corrupt, using his words. Um, he found that, you know, he, he felt like he was a quote-unquote political refugee because he left Taiwan, came to the U.S., and there were so many people who were, you know, Taiwanese. Now, there was a, a number of pro-China groups that are here in the States, and those are groups that we want to keep our eyes on all the way through. But there was one, I mean, this is a guy who he used to write letters by hand to Chinese language newspapers uh, where he would say, he called them the diary of independence destroying, of an independence destroying angel. Meaning he did not, he was very pro-China. He didn't want Taiwan to be independent. It got to the point where there was one group who was pro-China, who's not anybody that we would look at as friendly. And they said, this guy is too radical for them. <laughs> they actually said, this guy, I mean, just definitely not, you know, 
together. You know, it's interesting. Nobody really understood why David Chow came here um, to do this. As far as local authorities can tell, uh, the reason Mr. Chow picked the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church in Laguna Woods was because he was in Las Vegas at the time, and it's the closest church he could find. He wanted to, you know, really mess them up and do some things. And so he he got some weapons, some homemade things. Um, he had explosives on hand. Um, he, he had zip ties. He had a lot of ammunition. Uh, apparently, the incendiary devices, he had a 9mm semi-automatic with him, um, extra magazines of ammunition. Uh, basically, he, um, he was, his plan was very sinister. What he intended to do was he showed up, and you know, th this is something where if you've ever had a visitor come to your church before, and no one's ever seen them before, and it's not one of those just show up and, um, you know, do the, uh, <laughs> if you're at a mainline denominational church, someone comes to visit your church and they want to worship, you just welcome them at the door, hand them a bulletin and tell them to find a seat. And some churches, hey, who's visiting today? And they'll have you stand up and they embarrass you and give you a cross or, you know, a, a box of candy or something like that. Hey, let's welcome the new person. And if you're just visiting, you go, hey, I'm just visiting. It's no big deal. But if you're not, then you do what you're going to do the way you're going to do it. Um, it's interesting because Chow showed up at this group and he's, you know, Taiwanese extraction. And he apparently just fit right in. Didn't say a whole lot. But the people there went to church not thinking someone's going to show up with weapons in his vehicle, that he's going to try to lock us in the social hall and open fire. They were so happy to see their former pastor and hear him preach and then have a, a meal afterwards. I mean, basically, it was just a typical Sunday at church. It was the Sunday after Mother's Day. They didn't know that David Chow was going to show up with all this arsenal with him. And that while everyone who had they'd gone to the worship service, he seemed to blend right in. No one really noticed the fact that he went out to his car while they were getting ready to serve lunch. He brought a bunch of padlocks. He brought a bunch of slip ties to, you know, handcuff people. And he basically used padlocks, super glue, and nails to seal most of the doors of the church dining hall. Now, it's a kind of elderly congregation, but imagine, if you will, a guy that you've never seen before in your group is operating by himself. He goes out to his car, he comes in, and he's going by every single door. Now, this should be a first warning. I know, I'll be perfectly frank, having been involved in mainline denominational churches for most of my life, if a guy like this had come into our worship service, I would have thought, okay, who is that guy? Does anyone know him? And, and usually on the, in the uh, pulpit area, one of the pastors would have leaned over the other. Hey, have you seen that guy before? We, let, let's do the pass the peace or the extend the greeting of fellowship and go shake his hand and say, how, who are you? How are you? you know, nice to meet you. Where are you visiting? What's going on? But this didn't happen here. As a matter of fact, it's an older group of people and they were sitting around the social hall having lunch and they didn't notice, no one in the room noticed that this man had gone to his car, come back in, and was using super glue, was using padlocks, even nails on the doors to secure them. His intent was that he was going to open fire 
on the church membership, and he did. He opened fire, and um, that's when everything just started to turn into cacophony. There were 45 people in the building, and he had the intention of killing every one of them. Um, and that's when it got interesting because Dr. John Chang was one of the people who was with uh, the crowd that day. Now, what's interesting is that Dr. Chang is a guy who has been a family, was a family physician, sports medicine guy, a jiu-jitsu instructor in South Orange County for many, many years. And he happened to be there because his mom was a member of this Taiwanese Presbyterian church. And Dr. Cheng's father had passed away a few months prior, and so mom was going to church to see Pastor Billy, who was their former pastor. And so John, being a good, dutiful son, took his mother to church that day. And it's just incredible because when David Chu opened fire, John Chang rushed to the battle, literally. Uh, this is a guy I mentioned, he, he's a jiu-jitsu instructor, was licensed to do so. And he had no weapon on him, but he saw David Chow shooting, and so he ran toward him. Chow got up a couple of shots, and actually uh, John Chang took a couple of bullets to the midsection before the gun jammed, and that gave the pastor of the church there enough time to grab a chair, hit David Chow over the head with the chair. Uh, John Chang tumbled on top of him, several other church members. And remember, these are all elderly people. These are people in their 70s and 80s. They dogpiled this guy and pinned him to the ground. Now, Dr. Chang died as a result of his injuries, but it's no secret that his act of heroism saved countless lives. Well, that happened a year ago today. And uh, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about the fact that uh, federal authorities now have uh, charged David Chow uh, with the guy who was accused of killing Dr. Chang and wounding five other people uh, during this mass shooting. And they're going to, you know, reveal the counts on murder, attempted murder, but also um, some hate crimes involved in this as well, which is rather interesting to see that the Hate Crimes Prevention Act is going to be used in this case uh, as they're trying to mount their uh, case for the prosecution. We'll take a look at those charges coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. 
Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, a rather auspicious day uh, for us here in the church and especially in the Southland. Today, May 15th, is the one-year anniversary of a man by the name of David Chow from Las Vegas driving from the Las Vegas area with a car full of guns and weaponry and magazines, bullets, that type of thing, to the Geneva Presbyterian Church campus in Laguna Woods, California, where the Taiwanese Baptist Church of... uh, or Taiwanese Presbyterian Church of uh, Irvine had been meeting. They'd been renting space from Geneva Press. And uh, their former senior pastor uh, had been in town. He uh, had been uh, in Taiwan. Uh, pastor Billy Chang had been the pastor at the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church at Irvine for many years. A few years ago, he moved back to Taiwan to plant a church. And he just happened to be in town that weekend uh, of Sunday, May 15th, 2022. Uh, Dr. John Chang took his mother. There were 40 or so other elderly people in this congregation who were there. They had they did what they do every Sunday. Geneva Press has their worship services in the main sanctuary, and uh, the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church rents out the social hall. And so they had their worship service right around the same time the other worship service happened. And then they were staying afterwards for a meal with Pastor Billy. And that's when David Chow, who had come to the worship service, sat through the entire worship service, excused himself as everybody was making the transition to put the lunch out um, in the social hall, went to his car, came back with bags full of ammunitions and weapons, padlocked doors, super glued them together, even used some nails to lock the doors, lock everybody inside, and then pulled out a gun and opened fire. He brought a nine millimeter semi-automatic pistol with him. He had uh, bags that were filled with uh, what turned out to be suspected incendiary devices and extra ammunition. As he opened fire, Dr. John Chang, I mentioned earlier, was there with his mother. (laughs) His dad had just passed away, and this was mom's first time back to church since dad had done so, and he was being a good son and honoring his father's memory. He is a sports medicine doctor in Laguna de Gel, sports and family medicine and um, he run, ran toward Mr. Chow as he was shooting. He wound up taking a couple of bullets, but then when the gun jammed, uh, Chang's inertia knocked him over. Uh, pastor picked up a chair and hit the guy over the head. And if you can imagine these, there are about a half dozen elderly men in the church who tackled this guy to the ground. Someone called 911. The police came and arrested him. Chow's been in custody for a year. Uh, federal authorities are now charging him with nearly 100 federal hate crimes in addition to weapons charges, explosives counts, he uh, will be charged with um, uh, 45 counts of violating the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act by attend- attacking the congregants, quote, because of their actual or perceived Taiwanese national origin and Presbyterian faith. Six counts of using a firearm during the commission of a crime of violence. One count of attempting to damage or destroy a building by means of fire and explosives. One count of carrying explosives during the commission of a felony offense. And then also he's going to have one uh, murder charge and 44 attempted murder charges as well. So he's looking at uh, nearly 100 federal counts in total. Um, State prosecutors have not decided whether or not to uh, pursue the death penalty. He has to return to state court in July for a preliminary hearing where the judge will uh, decide if there's enough evidence for the case to proceed to a jury trial. It certainly looks that way, but we'll have to see. Um, So that's interesting. Uh, Dr. John Chang's story is interesting as well because um, he received a commendation posthumously, of course, um, 
who uh, that doesn't usually go to civilians. Uh, last Wednesday, the Orange County Sheriff's Department uh, awarded Dr. Chang the Orange County Sheriff's Medal of Valor. There was a ceremony in Anaheim last Thursday. Uh, it's usually reserved for members of law enforcement, obviously. Uh, Sheriff Don Barnes said it's rare that uh, he would be recognized as a civilian, but in this circumstance, it's very necessary to make sure that the surviving family of Dr. Chang knows that we appreciate his efforts just as much as we appreciate those of our personnel. Um, I dug on it. I got all the way up to this point in the story without shedding a tear. But um, uh, let me continue. Uh, the Reverend Billy Chang, who survived the attack, um, and this is the guy who was the visiting Taiwanese pastor who picked up the chair and hit Chow over the head after Chang, you know, uh, did what he did. Um, Sheriff Barnes said the reason they gave John Chang this, uh, this posthumous Medal of Valor award is that had he not acted the way he did, this could have been the worst mass shooting in Orange County history. I mean, when you think about it, there could have been 45 people dead. And instead... Um, he would, you know, the, he, he saw the gun and he took action. And, and this is the thing about Dr. Chang that I always admired um, about him. <sighs> John Chang was my family doctor. Uh, he had been my doctor for about 20 plus years, I think. He, I, I didn't realize, I mean, we were contemporaries, I knew, but I mean, when he started practicing medicine, I remember first seeing him in the late 1990s. And this is a guy who was born in 1969. He may have been 30 when he started in practice. Just a brilliant guy. Um, he was a skilled martial arts man, especially when he came to jujitsu. And I remember we talked about this one time. And I asked him, you know, why jujitsu? And he said, because it's really the only martial art where you can do self-defense. You know, when you go to karate or taekwondo or whatever, that's great if you and the other person understand it and you're playing by those rules. But jujitsu is something that you can do to actually help people in real life. And that's what John did on May the 15th, 2022. He, he saw a guy with a gun about ready to shoot his mother and 40 of her friends and didn't hesitate. He's a wife and children at home, a thriving practice, all of his earthly life ahead of him didn't matter because in that moment he saw you know the eternity for these people flashing before his eyes and he did what any believer should do I would think would prompted by the spirit not run from the battle but run to the battle and so John Chang paid the ultimate price on May the 15th 2022 and now the Orange County Sheriff's Department has honored him with the Orange County Sheriff's Medal of Valor. Dr. Chang, uh, according to Don Barnes, said it's rare when you see that a civilian getting this award, but in this circumstance, it's very necessary to make sure that the surviving family of Dr. Chang knows that we appreciate his efforts just as much as we appreciate those of our own personnel. He saw the gun, immediately took action to try to stop the shooter. Full stop. Uh, I've got some final thoughts. I'll see if I can collect my own emotions. Um, we'll put these articles up at thebottomlineshow.com. But uh, I, I, some final thoughts on life in this world and what it means to 
literally lay down your life for your friends in hope for their eternity. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You know the old expression, a picture is worth a thousand words. Well, if you're an expectant mom and you go to a pregnancy health center that is in partnership with Preborn, one picture can say way more than that. And that picture I'm talking about is an ultrasound picture. Every donation that goes to Preborn goes to providing ultrasounds for women who are expecting children and they want to know what all of their options are. When you call 833-850-BABY right now, you give a gift of $28 that provides one ultrasound. But if you give a gift toward the purchase of an ultrasound, Sound machine. Now that's a $15,000 investment, but every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts a minimum of 10 years. That's 2,500 ultrasounds available to women right now. Think of all the babies, thousands of babies' lives that will be saved by your donation to preborn right now. Call 833 850 BABY. 833 850 BABY. That's 833 850 2229. Make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Okay, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's been a, an emotional half hour for yours truly as we're uh, re- a couple of articles up at thebottomlineshow.com uh, memorializing Dr. John Chang, the Orange County physician who uh, paid the ultimate price last year, a year ago today, May 15th, 2022. Dr. Chang was with his mother at her church, the Taiwanese Presbyterian Church of Irvine. They rented space at Geneva Presbyterian Church in Laguna Woods. And on that day, their former pastor, uh, Billy Chang, was back in town. He had pastored the church for a number of years, moved to Taiwan to plant a church, was back in the States to visit. And so he preached and they did what churches do after you get together for something like that. You have lunch, right? You go to the social hall and have a potluck. And uh, David Chow, a guy from a Taiwanese immigrant from uh, Las Vegas area who was very pro-China and did not like Taiwanese people, uh, authorities estimate that he basically just figured this is the closest Taiwanese loving church he could find, piled a bunch of explosives in his car, drove from Vegas to Laguna Woods, showed up at this event. And while everybody else was eating lunch, he went to his car and got uh, slip ties for handcuffs and super glue and padlocks and basically went around while these elderly folk were having a great lunch and locked them all in the social hall and then pulled out a gun and opened fire. And without hesitating, Dr. John Chang ran to the shooter wound up getting a couple of gunshots. The gun jammed. Pastor Billy Chang was there, grabbed a chair, hit the shooter over the head. Dr. Chang fell on top of him. A couple of other elderly guys pinned the shooter to the ground. They called 911. Uh, Five people were injured. Dr. Chang paid the ultimate price. And David Chow is now facing nearly 100 federal charges uh, for uh, carrying a weapon and hate crime against people based based on their nationality and on their faith. And uh, we're remembering Dr. Chang today. He received posthumously the Orange County Sheriff's Medal of Valor in a ceremony last week in Anaheim. Uh, John Chang was my family doctor for over 20 years. He saw my kids. He saw me. Uh, Dr. John Chang was the guy who, when he looked at my x-ray and saw my heart was deficient, referred me to a pulmonologist and to a cardiologist that wound up in me getting open heart surgery that is the reason why we're having this conversation here. I will be forever indebted to John Chang, the medical doctor. But I will be even more indebted to John Chang, the friend, because we spent so many hours in his office talking about 
my family, talking about my kids, talking about his kids, talking about vacations that they had taken, talking about the bottom line. Uh, he was a great and godly man, and I want to be the kind of guy who, if somebody wants to open fire in a building like that, that runs to the shooter, not runs to the exit. And brothers and sisters, with the Lord's return so imminent, may we all use Dr. Chang's example as one for our own as well. Ask yourself the question, because initially my first thought was, oh my goodness, would I ever run into gunfire like that? I mean, I've got my ministry and I've got my family and I've got my this or whatever. But do we really have all that? I mean, ultimately, you have to stand before God. And if God chose to take Don, John Chang home in a blaze of glory like he did, what a great testimony. This life is temporary. But our time with the Lord in that f fellowship, that is eternal. Can't stress enough how important it is that we seek to model Dr. Chang's example and bear witness. Not that we're trying to do something heroic, but ask yourself the question, in a split second, when the most important decisions of life have to be made and you don't have time to think it through and you don't have time to pray with your friends and, and, and can I get back to you tomorrow, how are you going to respond? Do you follow me? Do you love me? Do you trust me? Keep my commands. Feed my sheep. Protect my sheep. Bear my witness. That's the good news. And that's the bottom line.